Hello and welcome to Relationship Rescue. Every relationship begins with you, the podcast. I'm so happy you are here today. And you know what, I'm going to start a um, a six-part series on self-abandoning. And really, the, the reason we have so much conflict in our lives and especially, obviously, in our relationships with romantic relationships and co-workers, friends, family, is because we actually self-abandon. And also, our lives stay stuck because of our self-abandoning. Then again, there's six areas where we self-abandoning. But what I'm really going to concentrate on um, these next two episodes is in the area of relationships. Because guess what? This is called Relationship Rescue, right? Um, and then in the third podcast, I'll actually... Um, touch on the other areas of self-abandonment because they are important, right? So why do I concentrate on relationship self-abandonment besides I'm a relationship coach and I would consider myself an expert guru, right? So, well, our relationships offer us that most amazing opportunity for learning and growth because why? The relationship that we're in triggers everything within us that is unhealed. And because of this, right, our relationships are so important for our mental health and for us to receive and give love the way we deserve it and desire it to happen. You know, so one of the questions I want you to ask yourself Okay, so maybe you want to write this question down, but if you're looking to be in a relationship or you're in a relationship, why do you want to be in that relationship? What are you hoping for? Right? So what is your primary intent when you enter a relationship? And you know, if you're married and you've been married for a long time, if you've been in a long-term relationship, right? Whatever it is, wherever you're standing right now, what is your intent? to be in this relationship. See, one of our biggest challenges is actually to show up for ourselves in a relationship with the people who are important to us. And that includes our parents, our children, our partners, close close relatives, close friends, coworkers, employers, employees, professionals, anybody, right? So when the fear of losing the other person or of them being angry with us, disapproving or rejecting, pay attention is greater than the fear of losing yourself, you will tend to, guess what? Try to control them rather than focus on loving yourself. And when you do this, okay, your message to yourself and to your inner child is you're not important enough to love. And that getting the love or approval is more important than being loving to ourselves, than it is to others. And how did this start? Where did this start? Childhood. Come on. Of course it did. Why? How? How? Because the child, the family tribe you grew up in, you would have learned that nothing was more important than getting the love and acceptance and acknowledgement to to be allowed to be who you are. But through, guess what? Pleasing others. Now, if you grew up with a narcissistic parent, or a parent with severe narcissistic tendencies, what did you do? You constantly self-abandoned 
to be there for that parent to try to please them but you never could right what if you grew up with a really codependent parent well you were probably enmeshed what did you do you self-abandoned what if you were parentified meaning you became your parents parents well what did you do you self-abandoned you learned to not care about your needs or feelings well and you're a child right which none of them were getting um, your needs were not being taken care of. Instead, you were caretaking. You were caretaking. You were doing anything you could to actually get approval, acceptance, acknowledgement, affection, all of those things. Now, as you grow, you learn to continuously self-abandon for the sake of others. Now, as you are an adult, and you get into a relationship, what happens? You self-abandon. You continuously abandon yourself. You take emotional abuse when you shouldn't. You allow a verbal abuse to happen when you shouldn't. You allow things to go on that you should not allow. And you yourself, guess what, are a contributor to that in some way. Here, here's what happens that I, the two scenarios that I see over and over repeatedly, and it's the same. People come to me because they're in an unhealthy relationship. One person heals. The other person starts to heal because their partner heals. They realize that this relationship is very valuable to them. They value their person. They value the relationship. They don't want to lose it. And instead of staying stuck in their patterns and their reactions... They choose to heal. They choose to respond. They choose to, as I call it, pause for the cause. They choose to do anything that they can to heal themselves so they can love themselves, right? And so then they can love their partner the way their partner deserves to be loved. And you did not hear that wrong. I just said it. Yes, people love themselves and then they can love others the way they deserve to be loved. And when you love another the way they deserve to be loved, they will love you back the way they you deserve to be loved. And that is the truth because there's self-love and then there's an ability to love another. That's what this is about, right? Now, the second scenario is this. One partner heals, one partner doesn't heal, and stay stuck in their reactions, in their inner child wounding, in their patterns, and the healed partner leaves. And it's a sad day for that unhealed partner. They will possibly be stoic. They might break down. They might lose it. But the one thing, and here's the message, if you're that partner that did not heal and is left, is this. Do not move on to another relationship because I promise you the one the relationship that you just experienced will happen again and again and again until you heal. And that's the truth. You keep repeating these patterns, right? So, you know, um, what do you think your fears and beliefs are that, you know, um, lead you to self-abandoning? I mean, I know, I just explained in childhood how, you know, being parentified and meshed with our parents, taking care of our parents, you know, dealing with a narcissistic or codependent parent. I just discussed how that all, you know, leads us to self-abandonment. But what, so what do you think these fears are around this, you know, around the fears and the beliefs that keep you stuck in this? Well, see, here's the thing that people don't know 
understand is that these beliefs that we have, these limiting beliefs, these subconscious limiting beliefs that are controlling our, our lives, our reactions, the things, you know, our anger, you know, all of these things, the way we react to our partners have catastrophic consequences. Okay. So let's say that you have a belief. I'm a victim of unfairness. Okay. So here's some of the, some of the things that you might do. Well, when people are angry or critical, I'm going to get angry back. Because guess what? Here's now here's the catastrophic consequence to that. Because guess what? Um, if you don't, if I don't get angry, they're just gonna think they can abuse me and pushing me around anytime they want. And guess what? You'll get it more often. What is that called? What is that catastrophic consequence consequence called? It's called your automatic negative thought. So if you have a limiting belief that says I'm a victim of unfairness, and if somebody reacts angry or critical at you and you get angry back your ego thought is something along these lines well you know if you don't you know uh if you just don't get angry back they'll just think they can abuse us and push you around anytime they want so so guess what they're going to do it more often so you better get angry back um okay don't do anyone favors don't ask for anything it's a limiting belief right well Guess what? Because then if you guess if you do, your your automatic negative thought is, you know, if you do favors for people, they won't reciprocate and then you're going to feel screwed. And if you ask for something, guess what? You're just going to be guilt tripped and made, you know, to feel like you owe them or they won't do it. And then you're going to feel hurt. OK, what about the one that says things have to be equal in the relationship? Always equal. Well, you know, because if you do more than the other person. They're just going to give you less and less. They're going to keep, and you know what? When they give you less and less, you're going to get angry. So forget it. Keep it 50-50. That's it. Do not give any more than that. Well, what is the catastrophic consequence? Your relationship is shit (laughs) to all of these, right? So let's say um, that you have a, um, a core belief where you don't belong. I don't fit in anywhere. Right. Um, so then you decide, don't tell people about how you're feeling because you know what? Um, guess what? They'll think you're weird. Things will feel awkward. They'll shun you because you don't fit in anywhere. Well, then guess what? You stay closed to people. Right. Um, what if it's do things alone? Don't get involved in other activities. Don't do anything that requires other people because they don't want to include you. Remember that you're going to have to keep yourself anyways, because it's very embarrassing when people reject you. Women are not attracted to you. You know that, right? It's just going to be awkward. They're phony and fake. Women are phony and fake. Guess what? They just they just reject you. Just leave them alone. Forget about it, right? Don't hassle people with your needs. Nope, nope. They're just going to get irritated. They'll treat you like a piece of shit, like you're an outsider. All of these beliefs create catastrophic consequences, okay? What about if you believe I'm not safe? So if you believe I'm not safe, then you're going to, you know what, you're going to um, basically not trust people, right? And when you don't trust people, you're not going to trust yourself to be open, to be vulnerable to, to, to the goodness of others, right? 
and then you just never, never get close to anybody, right? So what if you believe that um, people always leave you? You know, well, never really express your pain or hope. Don't need anybody. Keep things light, neutral, avoid, right? And guess what? This keeps you detached from others. Don't let people help you. If you start depending upon them, they're going to let you down. Don't trust men romantically. You know, they're going to leave you. They feel very little for you. You can't even count on them. Stay busy. Don't see them too much. Or guess what? Control them, control them, control them. Because unless you do this, they're going to take you for granted. They're going to neglect you, abuse you. They're going to suffocate you or pull away from you. You know? And it, it just... So what happens with these beliefs? Well, they're running your life. And again, there's catastrophic consequences. And, uh, and then you you stay stuck. You know, people are, are attracted to each other at their level of woundedness, right? Which is their common level of self-abandonment. And um, people who are mostly loving to themselves will not be attracted to the person that continuously self-abandons. They can't. You, when you love yourself, you cannot be attracted to somebody that is a taker, somebody that is hostile, somebody that is angry, somebody that puts you down consistently, somebody that doesn't trust you, somebody that manipulates you, controls you, talks badly to you and about you. You can't do it. You will not do it. Now, here's the thing. So when when we're stuck in an unhealthy relationship, before anybody's healed, you know, it we start to look at our partner's wounds. We see, okay, you know what? You're to blame for my unhappiness. And you're the one that is the reason I'm unhappy. And if you could just do what I want you to do, I could be happy. Now, that means that your intent in the relationship is to control. That's the bottom line. When you are saying to basically that if somebody does this, then you can be happy. Your intent in a relationship is nothing but control. If your intent in a relationship is love, then you go into the relationship filled with love, wanting to be loved, give love, and receive love without putting all of your happiness in the hands of another. Okay, so when you have somebody that's pursuing withdrawing, two withdrawers or two pursuers, all of it, that means you're going to have possibly a caretaker, a taker, which are you? You know, um, the caretaker basically self-abandons all the time, then feels, you know, what, resentful, drained, that your partner isn't doing for that, you what you do for them. And then as a taker, you're making your partner responsible for your feelings, right? And getting angry when they don't do it right. Are you a caretaker? Or are you a taker, right? I mean, you guys have heard me talk about the drama triangle before. You've heard me talk about the fear dance before. Um, you know, it's 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 basically this is the caretaker taker system. Codependent narcissist, the codependent, the codependent with narcissistic tendencies, the anxious preoccupied with the dismissive avoidant, right? And so, um, well, you know, so what, what do I hear a lot? Well, you know what? If he just didn't shut me out and wasn't so stubborn, I wouldn't be so angry. Okay. And what, what does the partner say? Well, if only she wasn't so angry, I wouldn't avoid her so much, right? 
Both are right and both are wrong, right? They're both right in that each of them, you know, can change the system by tr learning to love themselves and share their love. They're wrong. Where they're wrong is that they each came into this relationship with their learned ways of controlling. And the other person doesn't cause us to react the way we do. You know, when there's two caretakers, okay, this is when you have um, people trying to gain each other's approval by giving themselves up. It's kind of a calm system, okay? Um, and it kind of even might be, can look like a loving system. <laughs> but when giving has an agenda, it's a covert form of control. And this system lacks the juice needed for, you know what, true intimacy. And that never happens. So, again, remember, these, these relationships end or come together when it's unhealthy in one of two ways. Both people come, one person heals, the other actually says, okay, based on their partner's healing, they step up and they heal themselves and we have a beautiful relationship where there's two people that love themselves and then each other. Because when you love yourself, you will not self-abandon and take crap. The emotional abuse, verbal abuse, mental abuse that comes from a taker, right? Or from anybody that is unhealed when, especially when you're healed, you can no longer do it. That's the hardest thing for people to understand when they find themselves in situation two, which is one person heals, they don't. The relationship has to end because the healed partner cannot stay in that polarity anymore. And what they don't understand is that it is impossible for a healed person to stay with an unhealthy person. You can no longer do it. And guess what? It takes sometimes... I've had many clients that fight it. Why? Because they feel so bad because they do love that person. But once they become healed, it's too hard to stay. Their body and their mind can't stay in the situation a moment longer. They have upped their level of enlightenment. <laughs> and that's the truth. And they can't do it. Right? So... In a loving system, in a loving relationship, learning and growth become important to each person because they know that to learn and grow together means the relationship stays alive. And then guess what? Their attraction for each other grows through the learning that is always occurring with them, within themselves and with each other. They have fun together. They are secure in knowing that the other person has their back. And then intimacy flourishes. Intimacy does not flourish when there is control, manipulation, and anger. It cannot. It cannot flourish. So if you're in a relationship right now, what is your relationship system? And if you're not in a relationship, can you describe your past relationship systems? How did you feel about it? You know, are you ready to risk learning to love yourself and shift your system? If not, what are you afraid of? You know, what do you believe is going to happen if you learn to love yourself? I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. Your life is going to be up-leveled like you cannot believe. Everything is brighter, more beautiful, happier, 
you're more successful, your decisions are come from an empowered place, you're no longer disempowered, and you will not live in toxicity ever again. So what parts do you think you need to heal within yourself? That's the question I want to ask right now. And that's the question I'm going to leave you with is what do you need to heal within yourself? Um, I now have a 21-day challenge healing through journaling challenge course. And it is on fire. It's the like, if you're ready to start looking within or... Let's say you've been on a healing journey. Wow. What happens is for 21 days, you are going to get an email sent to your inbox from me. 21 days in a row. And there's nothing but massive amounts of information, knowledge, and wisdom about healing and journal prompts to go with that day's lessons. It opens your mind to possibilities that you didn't understand before. It opens your mind to radical for forgiveness and to love and to owning your love of self to stop self-abandoning and so many other concepts the link to sign up is in the show notes here for this podcast until next time i love you and thank you for joining and tuning in to relationship rescue every relationship begins with you do not forget that tagline every relationship begins with you until next time bye Yeah.